You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Zoe Ligon, aka Von Greer. Hello, Reed. How are you this Thursday? such a such a mad week last week lots of tears lots of feeling low and rubbish and i feel like i'm coming out the other end but definitely just like running on fumes you know exhausted i've got like one of them headaches it's just like please please slow down and i'm like no no i don't want to yeah i feel like everyone's going through a bit of a weird time at the moment most people Mm -hmm. that i talk to have been dealing with some really really low moments and yeah i guess that's just where the world is at right now that's our like collective energy is just dealing with a lot of shit that's going on i mean there's the world is fucked so yeah it's miserable and (laughs) shitty and it doesn't help if you're in the uk the weather's been so crap and we've just had like an extra long winter we're supposed to be in summer it's supposed to be heat waves and we have none of that to help us through which is frustrating yeah do you do you have any updates last week you left us on a cheeky cliffhanger and i need to know (laughs) yes because i broke my vow of celibacy and got Oh, and yeah so i had sex with college man slash i was like college boy but then college, college boy sounds so bad I love that. so good <laughs> he was like teasing and he was like i'm gonna tease you until you beg me for my cock oh my god the motherfucking fantasy dream that most of us think about yeah and that worked me up i was like gagging for the dick at that point like gagging for the penetration when he entered me it was like a fucking key in the lock and i was like wow i wasn't expecting this and Mm. i haven't come from penetration all year all year all year and it was half hard for me last year too i came with one minute of his dick being inside in me. And I was like, shocked. I was like, what is happening? Like, this is too good. And I was like, fuck, I'm coming. Like, (laughs) but not in a like, I'm coming. Like, cute way. It was like a, I'm coming. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I can imagine you like screaming at him. I'm coming (laughs) I'm so angry about it and I you know what and I didn't really want to be coming that soon either because (laughs) I wanted to work my way into it and like you know feel that like build and stuff but it just happened so quickly which wasn't a bad thing it was fucking amazing and his dick just hit the right spot and we had sex like a few more times in the morning and every Mm. single time his dick made me come like at least two times during each session and i was just like what is happening and we did a bit of like role play stuff like daddy role play and Mm. i was really trying to get more vocal because it's something that I have been a bit stuck on I think finding the confidence to actually talk during sex and like be like yes that feels really good and like be a little bit more communicative but in a sexy way Mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes me a long time to be able to call someone daddy in the bedroom but for some reason I was like this feels right (laughs) and sometimes it's immediate (laughs) sometimes it's just I mean he's he's like he's good because he's like he's gonna be a counsellor so he's got that good Mm. good communication skills and he makes me feel safe you know yeah fun yeah like why are they so goddamn hot like any therapists counsellors anyone that does work on the brain oh my goodness it's like I'm fetishizing them right now like you tell me you're a therapist and yeah you're fucked (laughs) yeah there's something cool about it but yeah I had a great great experience and yeah that was my little I think it was a good way to break celibacy to be fair yeah it had to happen yeah and especially because it sounded like he really took his time with you it wasn't just Mm. a like a like a fuck and a leave it was like we're gonna take our time over this and make it he slept oh, over. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's when really that happens. Awesome. 
Yeah, yeah lots of cuddles too. All the things oh. that I had been really missing, actually. Like, he like lingered in the morning, like stayed until mm. like afternoon, and we were like in bed the whole morning, like fucking, cuddling, kissing, talking, all of that good, good stuff. God, it's so nice when you get like good dick. Yeah, when it's a good lay. Mm. Yeah, feels like mm. a big sigh of relief. I guess on my side. I, I've been dating quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I've actually got a date tonight, which I'm really excited hey. for. But I wanted to say one of my dates said this really interesting thing. One of his best friends is gay and took him to a gay gay club to party. Mm. And he was saying while he was in the toilet, this dude comes up behind him and starts like stroking and massaging his back. And he's like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird. Turns around, he's like, oh, sorry, man, like I'm I'm straight. And what the gay guy says to him was, now you know how women feel, and walks off. <gasps> right? <gasps> right? <gasps> I, was, I was shocked when he told me this on our date. I was like, <gasps> that is, it's so it's so smart and clever and brutal and violating yeah. and like like I don't know how to fucking feel about that whole thing and I was like about wow. that either because yeah, I'm like wow yes that is how we fucking feel man that, that is how we fucking feel but also that isn't nice and also it's not, this it's fucking not okay guy, to do that <laughs> no the guy knowing full motherfucking well what he's doing and almost saying it just as a bit of like a nasty retaliation like now nah, i'm gonna fuck with your head i don't know the whole thing was fucked up but like really fascinating i had to share it wow yeah yeah thanks for sharing that is wild so i think i mentioned my sex worker dungeon day last time if i haven't then i'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> i ended up booking so I'm I'm doing my sex worker sessions again, my in-person sex worker sh- sessions, which I've stopped for the length of time that I was in a relationship for, yeah, <laughs> which sucked balls, and started them up again. And my speciality is foot worship meets, is domination sessions, and now I'm doing tickle sessions. So I, oh. I booked, I booked my friend's dungeon, which is one of my favorite spaces, and. You know what? I had four people booked in that day and yeah. and throughout the week, three of them dropped off like flies. Three yeah. of them. And I was like, I wasn't really expecting much, but I was like, okay, whatever. One person who did book me in paid his deposit, but still was a no-show. Not even cancelled, just didn't turn up and didn't message wow. or say anything. Yeah, I didn't even so know no that one people turned did up. that. No one turned up, but... But I've been chatting to a lot of people about this dungeon day and ended up speaking to someone who was interested in a foot worship me. And lo and behold, we we emailed and he was like, are you free now? And I was like, yes, I'm absolutely free. So he came from work. Ah. And... And of course, I had to be a bit careful on the safety there. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in a dungeon space. There's no humans around. So I I don't know this person. So, um, you know, made him send me a picture of himself first and photo ID. I already had him on social media, so that was kind of fine. But I I made him pay for the the money. I made him pay me before he even got through the door. Yeah. And then it was honestly when he got there, was the most empowering and nicest foot worship session. And it is what's made me fall in love with doing my in-person meets again. It was so good. And he was so lovely and friendly and really chatty and very respectful. And then when it came to actually worshipping my feet, he just did everything that was perfect. You know, like he was mesmerized. He was stunned. He was shocked. He was like everything. And it was just the most incredible experience. And I'm there hovering my feet over him just being like, I cannot believe I have this much power in my feet. And he's just there like, oh my God, they're perfect. They're beautiful. I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, wow. yeah, you fucking better believe it. So yeah, I, it was just, it was so great. And I also ended up doing a photo shoot that evening in the same space because the person who manages the space was like, oh, I'm free. Like, let's do some content together. And she has nice. an fans. And so we created a bunch of content together, including two two of my very first like well produced tickle videos. Amazing! So, yeah. And they are both available to buy through OnlyFans or through my email if you want them. Um, it's like one's full body naked, like tickle torture, oil brushes, nipple torture, and the other one is like sitting up feet 
brushes. It's just, it's really good. Like I had a really great time with Stevie. She was great at being like an evil tickle mistress. And I, and I get, I got something out of it as well. I really thoroughly enjoyed the whole time. So yeah, I basically had a, no, I had a tickle gasm and I saved word. Wow. Yeah, and that's like, for me, that's almost the orgasm in itself when it comes to tickling. I want to get to the point where I can't take it anymore. And then Ooh. sometimes if I'm in with someone that I really trust, then they push me past my limit. That's like the dream. But I safe word, which is basically like my verbal ejaculation. And yeah, and, and that's available to buy. 15 minutes, wow. 15 minutes of pure tickle torture. 15. 15 and then the second one was 19 minutes wow. Yo. it's never enough though for me it's never enough I'm like oh, <laughs> like, take me me over. Yes. that's how I feel about yeah, people so sucking my boobs I'm like don't stop <gasps> yeah don't you dare stop do this why would you do that yeah, yeah. like hours <laughs> I yeah, want to be so sore that I'm pushing you off me. Yeah, 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 but still keep doing it because it's just, <laughs> I'm just going fucking calm, you know? Yeah. Should we get Zoe on? I'm really excited to chat to Let's her. Let's do it. Iconic Zoe Ligon Thongria on Instagram. Really excited mm. to talk to her. Yeah, let's go. Hey, Zoe. We're so excited to have you here. Hello. Good to be here. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have you on. We've been following you and seeing what you do from a distance, from across the pond, and we just absolutely love everything that you are about. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Sun's out in Michigan. Um, <laughs> I'm overall just kind of like have my head down and grinding on work but in a lot of ways got a 3d printer this weekend messing around with that for sex toy related purposes and life's good I, i i can't complain how are you guys? That's beautiful. Um, for our curious fuckers out there who might not know who you are, can you explain a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm Zoe Ligon, uh, also known as Thongria on the internet. I own a sex toy store called Spectrum Boutique, which I am the owner of. And I have published a book called carnal knowledge, sex education you didn't get in school. Um, but I also do content creation, the old OnlyFans. I a- also make <laughs> art yeah. and, and various things. Mm-hmm. So I wear a lot of hats, but I'd say I'm a, I'm a business lady in my day-to-day life, mostly. <laughs> I remember seeing like a really long time ago, a video of you trying out Shibari. And it was, I think, one of the first times I'd ever really learned about that. And that video made me tear up. It made me emotional. It was like such an interesting watch. And seeing your experience with the teacher was like, wow. Like I mm. really wanted to try Shibari after that. Yeah, that was definitely all thanks to Midori, who I still consider one of my closest friends in the world of sex ed to this day. She's taught me a lot, um, especially if you want to learn about kink related stuff and BDSM stuff and quote unquote fem- feminine dominance, female dominance, whatever that means to you. Yeah. She's really great in all those departments. Um, and I had a great time making that video. It was back when I had my internet web series called sex stuff. So that's, yes. you know, five or six years ago now, but that's how a lot of people found me. I think I'm really it was one of my favorite things I've done just as far as had such a fun time doing that really feel like of all things I put out onto the internet that had a really positive reception. And I was <laughs> delighted that a sex thing didn't get more. Um, I mean, that's so bleak that I'm like, I'm glad I wasn't harassed more, but it was, it went really <laughs> well. It went over really well. And I made a lot of great friends for life from that. Um, Amazing. From the people I worked with to the people who were actually working behind the cameras um got some some best friends for life out of that experience you honestly are like one of the superstars in this space so you know like we are forever grateful as well for all the work that you've been doing and inspired so many other people to 
really get to know themselves and their bodies and sex. It's really honorable. <laughs> It'll never not be weird to hear that because <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's... You're just being yourself. Most, mostly. I mean, we're all a version of ourselves online and we all change things for an internet audience. But yeah, there's no, it's, it's me. And, you know, it, it wasn't all that long ago that this stuff was really scary and intimidating to me. And, you know, even in my regular day-to-day life, I'm not like this person who has it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I just really love having a laser beam focus on, on sex and obviously sex toys are particularly my (laughs) lane, but yeah, these are just things that changed my life and I like talking about them to other people and I'm honestly just as lost and swimming in the soup <laughs> of misinformation as everybody else and yeah. i appreciate and the you constant saying that threat of of being taken down and demonetized and like yeah having your instagram account being taken away yeah we we feel that we feel that hard so we've asked you a little like icebreaker at the beginning of the episode in homage to our old episodes Can you tell us one of the above, which is your best fuck story, your worst fuck story, your what the fuck fuck story, your fantasy fuck story, or your, am I missing one, Florence? The fuck that changed the game. The fuck that changed the game. Okay, what comes to mind is definitely a a what the fuck. It's just just a good story. It's like a silly one. And it kind of has like a takeaway to it as well. I was in Stockholm visiting a friend of mine who lived there. This is like more than 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And we it was the dead of winter in Stockholm. And there was a party. And... This guy, like a friend of a friend was there and we ended up having sex in a bathroom at this club, which like, that's not that unusual, right? Like that's for for that time in my life. That's not unusual. (laughs) The, The fun part of the story, quote unquote, is then I... It was like so short. It was just like fucking for the sake of being like, yeah, I just fucked in the club in the bathroom. Woo! Like there was no <laughs> yeah. pleasure. That was me on Valentine's from... Day this year. Yeah. But then I like exit the bathroom. I have no idea how discreet I actually was or wasn't being. And this is like, I'm cringing just thinking about this time in my life. But I was like, <laughs> why does my vagina feel weird? And I just kind oh. of like walked over to a corner of the dance floor and I felt <laughs> the condom half sticking out of my <gasps> vagina still. Oh, and no. I just like, I want to say it was discreet. It's like so unacceptable. <laughs> just like, <laughs> uh, so I pulled the condom out and I disposed of it in the trash and uh, hopefully I washed my hands afterwards. <laughs> so <was> like, hopefully. <laughs> we never do. Um, <laughs> Probably, I mean, again, it's like not my not my proudest moment, but I love sex stories where like the tampon was still in just like yes, bad, yes. bad mm-hmm. moments where I'm just like, what's happening in my life? So the moral of the story is <laughs> when you're having sex with a condom um, and, you know, the pullout at the end is happening. Hold on to the goddamn base of the condom, even if it's yes. fitting perfectly, <laughs> just for extra safety, hold on to the base of the condom. You'll save yourself a, a moment like that. If that, I don't even know if that is like a thing that regularly happens to people. Hopefully not. But condoms come off inside of you. That does happen. Hold on to the base of the condom when you're pulling out after uh, intercourse. Do you feel like maybe when you were on the dance floor, you were like leaking cum unknowingly as you were going oh, as you were no I didn't have like a skirt I had like underwear on I think I had something on oh, I wasn't yeah, just yeah, like yeah. fully flapping in the wind um, <laughs> I was thinking about dress or skirt for some reason I was it was a skirt but I had I had panties on yeah. it was dead of winter so I actually had tights on so I can guarantee there was oh. no cum dripping I don't know why that's, um, that's 
it's bruising me out. Like underwear is fine to come in, but tights, I'm like, oh no, the the, the juicy cum all in the tights. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I not, think I'm not kink shaming anyone with a <laughs> nylons or tight fetish at all. Like that's you know it's hard. Don't yuck no, someone's No, that was yum. not the vibe. It was just straight up bad decisions. I mean, not bad decisions, <laughs> but just like gross club moments. That <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. When you get I'm like sure fingered on the dance stories. floor and you think you're amazing, you're just like, oh my God, I, just, I just got fingered on the dance floor, and you're like, what? Who are you? This is definitely gross. had that moment hands, when I was seventeen. <laughs> I would have to be in rare form to want to do that. Like there'd have to be an exceptional circumstance for me to want to go yeah. fuck in a, a club toilet. So, oh, so congrats yeah. if, to anyone who does feel that. Cause yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, I, yeah. I would need like to be horny level 100. Yes. I had a really great experience. At, I'm at, glad um, you did. Yeah, like fucking in the club toilets, but it wasn't really a club. It was more like a big ridiculous bar and, and we were so fucked and it was, we were fucking just to fuck. Like, it was his birthday. I don't know. I just dragged him in there, yeah. fucked him, and I was like, okay, bye, have a nice night. It was his birthday. And I only remember it was his birthday because I remember that cringe moment while I'm fucking and be like, happy birthday. Oh. 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 And then I woke up the next morning hungover, like, oh my God, my soul, what have I done? <laughs> So good. That's good. Best birthday ever. <laughs> Best birthday ever. Fun. Oh my god. Yeah, you're welcome. You're fucking welcome. Yeah, that's a good moral though to hold on to your condoms because I've definitely had that. Not in a public situation, but I've definitely had the condom hanging out of me, and it's such a yes. weird. Is it? Why is it such a weird feeling? It feels so bizarre, and like taking it out also feels weird. Like a weird like shock to the system. Like oh, it's a violation in a weird way where it's like you're just I don't know you're just like how like how has this happened you know it's just very <laughs> odd. when yeah when you lose things up you like when when you've when you've actually finally find you know like, I think I put a tampon on me and maybe you're, you were drunk or something and then you feel there's a tampon in there when you just don't remember putting one in there and you're like oh fuck I think this the what you're what you're getting at is having like so with the tampon you have the string hanging out and then with the condom having like a little bit of it's like having that material in the vaginal opening kind of like slightly being moved around but it's like latex and it's or or a latex replacement and it's just kind of like moving around in there even so I'm a menstrual cup gal these days but when I was wearing tampons I would always tuck the string up inside just like excuse me I would just kind of like be like, let's tuck that up in there, too, because the bacteria on the string, even if it was just like whatever was, you know, in my my underwear or whatever, I was just like, I don't like having a literal string that could be holding on to bacteria that's rubbing up against my urethra at all times. I'd rather just mm, tuck it all up in there and um, fish it out later. Yeah, I've so never seen it like that because I just I suppose I see a brand new con- uh, condom string. Wow, imagine <laughs> a brand new tampon <laughs> string is just like new underwear. But you totally. know, who knows? Like, you've like, got to do what makes you, feel, makes you feel comfortable, right? Yeah, always. <laughs> So, as it's masturbation month, would you mind telling us a little bit about how you masturbate? Well, I would say it comes in waves. There's times when I feel <laughs> I like masturbating. In your mind, it's like that I've got like the the pretty, sexy, attractive masturbation, and then I've got the one that's just like super quick and like like the the like the one oh, that yeah. no one sees masturbation. Yeah, but I've I mean, if I've learned anything through recording stuff for OnlyFans, it's that people like watching that too. There's no such thing. <laughs> if someone wants yeah. to watch you masturbate, it's not like there's like a, a an ugly way to masturbate. Yeah, it definitely comes in waves where I'm feeling it more times than others and sometimes it a long time will pass you know a week or so where I'm just like (laughs) it's like medicinal at a certain point where you're just like wow I felt like shit and now I feel great but I'm I'm a wand vibrator and dildo gal um yeah perfect combination (laughs) 
I've talked about this plenty openly, but um, I love like super girthy sex toys, like ones that are gigantic and huge. Um, And that's definitely not like a, you know, when you're just warming up thing to, to, to dive into even for me. But that is certainly a thing I'm not I don't know known for would be the wrong <laughs> way but it's my it's my specialty weird thing that I genuinely love that people are like okay like this lady is brave so that would I, that is what I would wow. say is unique yeah. about my masturbation is just like the really 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 big toys yes I love that and I love that you're proud about it because I think sure Porn has made everyone believe that we want big and want size and anything under is is less. But I think there's a lot of women who genuinely do like that because, you know, it's it's about key in a lock situation. And a lot of women might not be honest about that. I, I mean, I guess we've made it into like a size queen thing, but there's the, all the stigma revolving around like your actual size and how tight you are. And, you know, if you're just, if you're just a gal that likes a lot, then you just got to fucking own it, you know? And there are plenty of dicks to go around, plenty of toys and items to go around. Well, there's two sides to that. One is that the vaginal canal cannot be permanently altered by the things you put in it. Um, obviously, yes. aside from Absolutely. extreme circumstances, obviously there are, everybody has a limit, but aside from like physical injury, you're not doing any, uh, like, like something where I, mean, I don't want to like go into detail, but like, unless you're literally like no, damaging, do, the, unless you're like literally like ripping your vaginal opening, which is not something I have ever come close to ever doing or being close to doing, like you're going to be fine. The muscles, when they are relaxed, they expand and contract. That's what muscles do. Just like when you exercise at the gym, you want to stretch your muscles before you really push them very far. And similarly, the vaginal canal is only going to be um, injured if you're pushing yourself past your limits into the it's doing something that's painful. If it doesn't feel, if it feels good and there's no discomfort, it's, yeah, it's I great saw something online it. recently that was like, how are we still shaming women for having sex with too many people and, and get still suspended in the belief that it's going to make them wide and saggy and flappy? Yet all of this time, women are having children out of their vagina. Literal human babies are coming out of their vagina and contracting and shrinking back to a normal size. And plenty of women don't tear and don't have any issues with it. So it's like... It's this idea that you you can take. I mean, people get fisted. On yeah, a that's where I was basis. going next. Unlike with dicks, it's like I, I I think the jokes I at least see on the internet regarding the matter that just like everybody loves a worldwide average. Yeah, there yeah. is so much like talk about size, and I think for. I don't know this for a literal fact, but I think the average person finds a larger penis painful often. Yeah. And, you know, sure, maybe there's someone who's like, oh, yeah, that's my thing. But um, consider the alternative of what having your (laughs) dick be so big that it's uncomfortable in a lot of circumstances. There's so much you can do with like, a small dick the g-spot is two to three inches inside the body and shallow penetration is really important for g-spot stimulation Mm -hmm. but also having said that like people who are concerned about having a small dick i would say generally have pretty average sized penises and at the end of the day it's only a problem if you see penis and vagina intercourse or anal any type of intercourse only if you see penetrative sex as the only type of sex that is available i personally just couldn't care less um, about how someone's (laughs) body is because we just kind of get what we get and we 
Very we learn true. to work with what we've got. So I don't know. I just think that's a really misconstrued myth. And sure, yeah, there myth. are people who are like, I only want a huge dick and it's like okay cool so it sounds like you're looking for a sex toy and not a person and that's what sex toys are for like the Mm -hmm. sex toys i use are so big that like they're not like there's just no way any like it's just (laughs) no how big are they um, can you get one for us can you show us i mean there's there could be one there actually is not any they're like in the closet over here i would say Anything over two, and I know you're sorry, imperial measurement system, but everything two <laughs> inches in diameter and wider, I would say, is like a, a, a big toy. Yeah. Um, so I guess that is like, pretty wide. That would be a two inch diameter. Like, that is wide. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it's like, that this is, is impressive. Not- <laughs> How do you, how do you actually Mm. like going into this, how do you warm yourself up for that? Like what's the preparation involved in getting something that large inside you? If you are aroused and it's like, I mean, in my case, I'm just pretty used to this. And I basically, (laughs) since I started buying sex toys, was going for the larger toys from day one. And it's really just a matter of like, you should never have to force something into your body. Like there's never any like physical forcing going on. If you are, if I am aroused enough, it can just happen. So with the really, really extremely large toys though, I might like just like, I don't know. I'll use like a two inch wide dildo before I'm using a two and a half inch (gasps) wide dildo. Um, But it's and, it, and if I'm like deep breathing, like like what what do you no like, no what's deep the breathing needed? <laughs> uh, vib- vibrate, vibration and lube for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like yeah. um, I mean, there is the rare occasion where maybe like I'm like, oh, I didn't put like the lube isn't covering all of the toy, and maybe like the worst thing that's going to happen is I feel like a little bit sore. But that is the mm-hmm. kind of thing that's lasting a couple of hours and then it goes away. Like I've had my share of sex injuries, but it's it's not from that. It's that's pretty, yeah. especially when it's like you're guiding the toy yourself. You're you know, it, it's just hard to do something that's going to I'm not looking to impress anybody. It's just what my body <laughs> wants. So too, it's just too late. Already impressed. <laughs> I feel like Guinness World this, record this, holder for the largest, <laughs> the, the widest. Holder. Yeah, the, the groupie. She likes it thick. <laughs> Is this the kind of content? If you don't mind sharing, do you put that kind of content on OnlyFans? OnlyFans. <laughs> yes, it's on OnlyFans, and uh, oh, beautiful. They sell, videos sell so well too. Like I say, yes. like that, and and fuck machine videos. Aside from oh like. My. videos with my boyfriend um Mm -hmm. but people people like that I think that people would not like that if it was not obvious that it's something I'm just into it's my fun party trick but it's also just organically what I am into and (laughs) I I guess so I I don't know to me it's just normal that's like the kind of toys I like you know yeah so you have your sex toy shop. What inspired you to open that up in the first place? Why sex toys? They are how I became orgasmic. I would not mm. have had an orgasm without one. And, you know, maybe I would have by now, but it would have been pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, they were also something I was really freaked out by when I first went into a sex toy store I felt very like intimidated and freaked out by it and Mm -hmm. that really changed in a short period of time I was living in New York and I was making art out of old sex magazines just vintage porn essentially and I had a friend who worked at a sex toy store say you should apply to work at this store with me. And I did. And while I had, you know, already discovered sex toys in my personal life, then 
um, just the intense day to day face to face conversations with people talking about sex for like really, really barely any money, just like (laughs) basically New York minimum wage to talk to strangers about sex and sometimes be flashed your genitals and sometimes Mm -hmm. receive threatening phone calls. Jesus. Um, Wow. You know, it was just like this, you're in this like very intense environment for your work. And I found a lot of inspiration to write from that, mostly Mm. good things. But that was how I got into writing. Writing is what got me a social media following. Mm -hmm. Starting my own sex toy store was really just kind of like a, I'm, I'm not shocked I've made it this far, but I looking back with how little I knew back then, it is a pretty big deal that it succeeded because a lot of the stuff I do I just am kind of like figuring out as I go along and I'm very thankful now to have a team that knows more than I do about sex toys so they can advise me but (laughs) I think I was just like I I see a lot of stores doing good things but there's so much I would still change it's so funny too because um it's not that I was not down with all the sex education stuff, but I didn't go to a school or a university where I was really like in the loop about stuff with language and gender and all that. Like I was like, I was very like open-minded and with the program, but I didn't like know about sex work as it actually exists in the world on a day-to-day basis or I didn't really like I hadn't had somebody explain pronouns to me at that point mm-hmm. and that was stuff that was really easy for me to pick up but it was kind of like this incubator where I learned all these things at once learned a lot about sex and relationships and um all, all that just so quickly and it was like I it was like in the movie they they live where you put the glasses on and you just like see the true ulterior but like yeah. I would be watching TV and I was like I can't but this is so gendered I can't believe this and it was like this like aha moment whatever so I had this moment of like coming seeing the light of being like wow I can't believe I didn't know all this stuff and like everybody should know this stuff that's hard though like nobody's nobody nobody taught us you know especially being this age it's only really now in the last couple of years that it's become more mainstream and become more integrated in real in in like everyday life before we just had no clue we had no clue about gender and sexuality I mean like there was a time where we literally just thought it was straight gay or bi that was that was like it you know remember metrosexual which is a straight man oh my who's, god who's very man like that's like such a 2005 yeah. word <laughs> I heard that word this weekend. Yeah, that was like, that was us stepping in the right direction, but getting it so fucking wrong. It's really funny <laughs> it was to like look a, back on. On the newspapers, just like a well manicured man that looks after themselves and like dresses well and shit. And it's like, he's metrosexual. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it only applied to men too, for some reason. Mad, madness. The same with sex work as well. You know, back then we, we thought that sex work was just prostitution and it was just yes, having sex. Yes. Like, yes. Penetra- penetrative intercourse for money and that was it and now it's yes. like the term of sex work has come out and it's a huge, like, huge amount of people do sex work people don't realize that it's any act mm-hmm. for money any sexual act or dance or performance for money or goods anything like, and it covers so much and i think a lot of people that have only fans accounts still don't call themselves sex workers they still see it as like branded with the brush of oh but i don't have penetrative sex i don't i don't sit on the streets getting into random people's cars like we've seen in the fucking movies it's all kind of different now but that's you know um, the beauty of the internet right education you know about like the hierarchy as a concept yes. right like yeah yeah going back to like what i thought about sex work as a, a 20 year old versus now it's like even though i didn't have any negative opinions you're right i still like 
the mainstream portrayal of sex work was all I really had to go off of. And it wasn't until I met people who were in porn and in sex work that I was like, oh, this is, you know, obviously a lot different and I have a lot to learn. And this all makes complete sense. And to this day, that's why I love not just with sex work, but but anything sex related I think that it's it's not that people won't agree with it. They just don't even have the information. Like it's truly the first time that people have heard certain concepts or like, yeah, especially relevant right now in the United States and definitely elsewhere. But I'm only in the, the loop mm. for U.S. stuff regarding this. But like the average person conflates, you know, human trafficking and sex work. And that's a huge yeah. issue we're seeing right now. with yeah. Even even my dad did had like a really awful conversation with him once about like me doing OnlyFans stuff and him saying that it was like feeding into this world of sex trafficking. And I was like, where are you getting this information from? Like, why do these two things come hand in hand to you? But that is a certain just the way a certain generation does see this. And it's so baffling. I think once we're in this world and we've learned about all this stuff to see other people still feeling this way. I think our generation also feels that way, to be quite honest. And people who are in our outer circle, like in our general friend group or people we associate with, probably less so. But I think younger generations and, you know, like millennials and Gen Z are just as like biased against it as everybody else. And we're just not aware of that because of like the company we keep. And I also find it's really like people who you would think are on the same page as you, but just have like one thing kind of, kind of wrong about it. Yeah. Like I was talking to this like boomer the one time and he was saying about how, oh, you know, like, He's like, he's like, yeah, people should identify however they want and like sexual orientation. But he's like, the bisexuals need to make up their mind. And I was like, whoa, like, it's like, what? It's like so many things. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is like so many oh, people just like with, with the program <laughs> to a certain point. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. No, that is like some not. You, you took a left turn there. And I think it's the same with sex work. Even in the industry, like in the adult industry, I saw it time and time again, where say I would be working on the babe channels where the girls would shake their phones and then they'd be like, oh no, I, I would never do webcamming. No, that's not for me. And then it was like almost this weird judgment backlash of, oh, I would, I would never have sex for money. I would never do that. Like, oh, that's gross. They meet up and like, you know, he, they get a massage. He, he like worships her feet for money. It was, it was this mm. weird, like hierarchical idea of what sex work is. And I think that is the misinformation. It's like, like thinking or justifying what you do for yourself, but not, but judging other people with what they choose to do. And, and that's like sex workers who are actually sex workers still thinking like that. And I think, humans do that all the time you know like we I mean I catch myself doing it I'm like yeah let's not judge anyone and then all of a sudden I'm like you're having a baby like what like that's how why you know and I and then I'm like shut the fuck up man like why am I why why do I even think that I'm allowed an opinion on this um that's just something that maybe I don't necessarily want for me right now so why am I even saying that we all do it we all do it you're right like people would be like I'm really cool with this but like this part of it is not okay. It's just mind blowing, really. Yeah, I think a way that's really relevant in like a just what I've been thinking about a lot lately is financial discrimination in mm, yeah the sex industry um, because I'm mostly involved in the sex toy side of things, and mm-hmm. then there's of course like also the adult industry which is related but not the same thing and I think a really good illustration of this is that there are payment processors who won't work with any of us and then there are payment processors who will work with people who are selling sex toys but not adult content and in the sex toy industry it's like why would we align with a group that and and like this isn't any particular person's opinion, but it's like this life raft of like, oh, OK, well, they'll accept us even though they don't accept these people. So, like, let's take this opportunity while we have it. Yeah. And 
And like, I don't blame that being how the industry has evolved because like everyone is so put put in such difficult decisions that it's like the second someone's like, oh, but I can rescue my business by, by doing this. I mean, I'm not doing a good job of describing this, but basically like if we all band together, we are more powerful together. Yeah. I think that people want to scapegoat the problem further down the line or what they see as further down the line, because at the end of the day, the adult industry is much more vulnerable in the eyes of like the government and the way that there are restrictions and discrimination Mm -hmm. in your world. Because I'm a part of both worlds, I think about that a lot and not that they aren't two different industries. Like one is like more traditional retailing of product. It's just sexual product in nature. And then the other is performing, entertaining, producing, directing, distributing all, all that. And it's, you know, sexually explicit content. And I'm involved in both more so in product section. And mm-hmm. I guess I, I keep finding it so interesting how how separated the two are. Yeah. And, you know, like it, it makes sense. Like that's also why academia doesn't want to associate with sex toys and porn and all that. It's like not that people are against it, but they're like, well, the second we start bringing you into the fold of what we do, we suddenly have all these resources cut, 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 we're cut off from all these basic resources. So people don't want to, even if they support something and they are like, this is unfair that this is happening. I think it's really hard. Like people don't want to further put themselves in a more vulnerable position. And so that's why we have this like hierarchy and like that doesn't pertain to like the hierarchy in the same, same way. You're like trying to rationalize something by throwing somebody else under the bus, I guess. Yeah. Um, even if that's not like somebody's intention. Yeah. And I think because it's so hard in this space to earn money and to earn a living in the sex related world because of all these things, when we do have a life raft to grab onto, people will grab onto it. Right. I guess it was like when the whole OnlyFans thing happened and suddenly it was like, well, I I even had this thought at the time because I hadn't been putting explicit content out there. I was like, well, I'm safe actually. Like I've still got, like I can still post everything that I want to post. So I'm going to continue working with OnlyFans and, but everyone else, and I do do explicit content now. Like, you know, it was such like a weird moment where I I did kind of cling to that I'm okay mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, because I don't do explicit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that felt like such a fucking slap on the wrist right, for a company that's literally earning their billions through explicit sex, sex work. And they're like, nope, gonna take that away. Like, <laughs> see how you do. There are obvious institutions that are like really doing a particularly shitty job. It was all the bank cards, right? It was like MasterCard and Visa that have been influenced or heavily influenced by very religious organizations that they just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. You know, like they were getting funding from these big organizations and then they were like, no, OnlyFans is porn and bad. So you need to stop working with them. And I mean, gratefully that OnlyFans turned around and was like, okay, sure, we'll stick at this, but we still haven't really seen any support as sex workers from them. They've just gonna, they've just allowed us to stay on their platform. And the same issue might happen again. It's so fucking uncertain. How, how has your experience been with OnlyFans? Have you found any patterns? I mean, both Florence and I are finding at the moment, now we're sort of out of the lockdown, um, which was amazing for OnlyFans. Everyone was buying and subscribing and paying and porn. And and now afterwards, it's like the aftermath of people going like actually picking and choosing what they want to spend their money on. I would say, though, that uh, to the contrary, uh, sex related and, uh, you know, the larger way of categorizing these industries would be vice industries. So mm-hmm. cannabis, alcohol, sex, uh, you know, things yes. that are no good, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, those <laughs> yeah. are all quote unquote recession proof people have always said uh-huh. because 
no matter what's happening in the world, people are still going to want to fuck. People are still going to be drinking. People are still going to yeah. be smoking. People are still going to, you know, like it's, it's things that let us blow off steam and are kind of like touching on some like core comfort need in some way. That's not to say it doesn't affect the industry, but I think it's like sex is never just going to go away. Even mm. when things are, when money is really tight, I do think that there is always going to be a, a space for it in the world. It's just that important and ro robust of a, a world. And, you know, before I talk about OnlyFans on a personal note, a, a really good example that comes to mind too, of about like throwing people under the bus is how, even if you don't watch porn, like I find myself so annoyed when I'm talking about Pornhub and what happened with like <laughs> Visa and MasterCard and them. Mm -hmm. um, the latest is that like Utah, the state of Utah has banned Pornhub. So you, like as in VPNs don't exist anyway. Wow. I, I hate when I'm talking about this and other like-minded people are like, yeah, but like fuck Pornhub. I don't like Pornhub. I don't watch yeah, Pornhub. It's so damaging. And I'm like, this is not about how you feel about this particular brand or company um mike stab stabile stabile oh god i'm messing his his name up so so terribly <laughs> but he was uh he's a one of the directors at free speech coalition and he said in that like money shot porn hub documentary that's mm. on netflix porn is the canary in the coal mine so even if you do not engage with porn and for specifically for freedom of expression but other freedoms in general and I know that is a very uniquely American thing mm. but I do think that like quote unquote first amendment stuff is so fascinating because even if you are like I never watch porn fuck porn I don't like porn huh, blah 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 at the end of the day people are still gonna find a way to watch porn people are still gonna want porn yeah. and if we limit and prohibit it, we're making it more dangerous for the people who create it. And we're also making just like, we're pushing everything further underground. Which is harder to regulate. And the only statistics we have on the matter say that like domestic violence has an inverse relationship with like access to sexual material, for instance, like access to legal sex work and prostitution is decreasing instances of intimate partner violence. Like every bit of data that we do have on this is wow. not showing that porn is making us more violent. It's showing us that we have the, like we are blowing off steam. Yeah. It's always going to be a desire that people have. So just because you don't like porn, if you are banning porn, suddenly everyone's scrambling around finding alternative methods of, you know, finding that sexually stimulating material. Yeah. It's just like, you can't just make it go away. It's the same with the pro prohibition and alcohol in the US. We are okaying Pornhub, right? Pornhub is okay at the moment. They went and did a huge video call and got rid of everything that didn't belong to a verified user. So if you, if you go on Pornhub, it's okay. It is pretty much well, I don't I know 100%, but like as ethical as as OnlyFans can be. You're going to find fucked up shit on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and every part of the internet. Yes, this is very true. Pornhub specifically, but also just the adult industry in general is the scapegoat for larger issues. And we are failing to address like th what the root issue is that is causing people to want to create unacceptable yeah, you know yeah. like why does inappropriate content and by you know inappropriate i mean like abuse and non-consensual content yeah like what is prompting people to make this in the first place because if we don't address the root issue this is such an mm -hmm. important point of view and i think something that we we haven't really touched on that much on the podcast in a long time enough um, mm -hmm. and really surprised to hear about utah i didn't know about that that's fucked up like this if this country couldn't get even crazier like what's happening that's why it's super important to be talking about these things so like thank you so much for bringing that up 
on this episode. Really, really, really good. Just follow Free Speech Coalition if you want to be kept in the loop about stuff. They do cover things outside of the US as well. But I think that's a really good place to get information about legislative changes because there's a there's a lot of stuff like stuff will be happening and unless you're like specifically seeking out that information you're going to be blindsided when then it's like oh surprise like yeah. the age of ver- the age verification laws in Louisiana now like they're trying to I don't know if this has passed yet but there's a lot of states now trying to be like you have to enter your government ID if you want to watch porn and like wow. there's a million things wrong with that I think people are like, what? Like, I didn't know about this. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, because how would you know unless you're like actively looking for this information? It just slips on by you. Yeah. We need to get um, a VPN sponsoring the podcast that we can just like (laughs) save everyone's ass. Yeah, definitely. Do it. Imagine. (laughs) I forgot to ask you, when you were talking about your sex toys, what's your favorite sex toy that you sell on your shop? I mean, there's so many different ways to answer that. Magic wand is obviously like, yes, going to forever be a favorite. Enjoy pure wand. I really like the Vic skin Maverick and the fun factory, big boss. (laughs) And I don't know. Those are like my, my favorite go-to ones at the moment, but there's always like yeah minor characters being added and subtracted but those are the mainstays yeah that's good to know because i feel like our listeners really love like toy recommendations because sometimes there's just there's just so much stuff out there so you want you know you want people to be telling you what they do use in rotation but everyone likes different stuff so very don't true. Take my recommendations as the, the gospel on what's the best, you know, just yeah. my preference. You just have to try everything. Is there a favorite toy that you like using for OnlyFans? Is there like your go-to, or do you take requests? As you said, you 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 know you use your partner a lot. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Like use use their body. I like Magic Wand Mini for OnlyFans because it's like hello. It's just a smaller magic wand, so it's mm-hmm. obstructing the view a bit less. Yeah. I don't really like to use compact vibrators or suction toys because having to put my hand so close to it like just covers up the view too much. So of course, even though yeah. it's kind of counterintuitive to want to use a wand since it is an overall larger item, it's like easier to keep it out of the line of view. That's so interesting. <laughs> it's like why glass dildos are really good for video. It feels like you can see everything. And like when you use big toys, it's just like, yeah, it covers up so much. And what we want to see, which is what we've probably been programmed to see in porn, is like that really uncomfortable position, but where you get to see everything, like all of the penetration. People don't do that in real life. <laughs> but, you know, we like seeing that. I like seeing that fucking detail. On that subject, if someone hadn't ever tried a sex toy before would what would your advice be how would you get into using toys where would you start go with your intuition because you will see something and be like ah that speaks to me obviously Mm. you can't know Mm -hmm. what something's gonna feel like without actually having used it but I do think that even if you've used no toys like if you are if you finger yourself and you use four fingers like go for a girthier toy if you like really intense clitoral stimulation go for a more intense vibrator but if you want to play it safe just go with something that has versatility um i'm not a huge fan of the toys that try to smoosh like five toys into one i think like if something has more than like two or three functions it's kind of like just overdoing it (laughs) a vibrator that could be used externally or inserted um, gives you at least those options of like are using it internally or externally just stuff like that if you don't like using it one way then there's other ways you can enjoy it nice good advice yeah that's really good advice 
we asked our listeners uh, some if they wanted to ask you any specific questions. All right. So we've got one question from a curious fucker that says, SOS, libido is lower than my partner's. How do I match his when sex isn't a priority for me? Great question. It is. First of all, you're never going to have an identical libido as your partner. If you did, that would be like a statistical anomaly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of partnership is compromising and by compromising I do not mean do whatever your partner tells you to do that means if you're the person with the higher libido like you're maybe you're going to be masturbating a bit more and not like relying on partnered sex and maybe if you are the person with the lower libido it means like hey I need these particular things to get me more into the mood and I need you to you know do x y and z and that will make me feel more in the mood but yes. at the end of the day, like it's 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 going to be mismatched always, and you just gotta be. I I, I don't know. I, I think like I've just had such a shift in the way I see partnership and relationships, where I used to just solely select a partner based on sexual compatibility, and yes. now it's like it's like do is this person my best friend, and do I love yeah. talking to them? Great, then we're gonna make our sex life also fit in accordance with that there's always going to be some adjusting that's needed so you know see the relationship for bigger than what it is and it's not just sex it's it's how you communicate and you get to figure out what that middle ground is for you based on your needs reading come as you are really helped me understand libidos and what kind of goes into accelerating your libido and all of that so i think that would be a really good place to Mm, start because when mm -hmm. what you said reminded me of that which was fine you know finding things that do turn you on and like getting you in that in that mood like what is that for you because that's I think a really key part of that information that people quite ignore quite a lot of the time right this is kind of a hard one to read how to find out what you like with yourself when you've gotten kind of numb to your own touch ah I mean, I think this, it's funny to hear somebody say numb to your own touch, because usually when we hear people talk about desensitization, they're talking about sex toys, which is not like mm-hmm. medically or scientifically something that sex toys do with any type of stimulation. You're getting adjusted to it over time. And if you're not switching it up in some way or having breaks and pauses in what you're doing, it's going to feel monotonous no matter what it is so I always I mean this is maybe not directly related but I always use this like analogy of if you're sitting in a vibrating massage chair that's you know you're at the mall and you're sitting in one of those massage chairs for an hour and then somebody tries to give you a hand massage afterwards you're going to be like that doesn't really feel like much. I just sat in this chair for an hour having this machine go to town on me. So yeah, Yeah. it's not going to feel as dramatic as like someone just massaging your neck after not having sat in a massage chair for an hour. (laughs) But also that's only like a limited time frame. Like if a day goes by, a few hours goes by, you would feel like, ah, this feels like a new sensation to me again. So it's just like if your brain is used to the same neural pathways being stimulated over and over and over again, like we all crave novelty sexually. And that doesn't mean go fuck a new person. That just means switch up what you're doing with that person, switch up what you're doing with yourself, change the environment, change the toy, change up what you're watching or not watching or thinking about I think just getting into versatility but it's also having said that like I love masturbating the same way and like I never find it boring but yeah I'm absolutely (laughs) like wish I wish I could I wish I could expand my horizons a little bit Uh more um so I think this is something that everybody experiences in one way or another and I also just think it's important like if you are orgasmic and having orgasms or are touching yourself and feeling pleasure that's really awesome and not everybody is is there so I think Mm -hmm. having the anxiety about like how do I keep things new and stimulating and like obviously nobody wants to feel a sense of numbness or desensitization whether that's like literally physically or inside but 
yeah, we just, we gotta, we gotta keep things, gotta have variety. <laughs> yeah, that actually answered one of the other yeah. questions that I was gonna bring up, but we, I don't think we have time for any more questions, but we would love to end this episode with you telling us your fuck off story. I'll start off, I guess, by just saying I wrote an article called I've slept with 99 people and I'm looking for number 100 when I was like 23. And I think that had a lot of people being like, what? (laughs) Um, I don't think that that is like particularly that strange, but I think for some people it is. Definitely. Um, I think it's just something that people don't talk about enough yeah. or that often or even like know the number like I probably have set with like yeah. 200 300 people but I've got no idea what the number is I also think that it's we always hear men talking about things and they're always like yeah like into the hundreds like all of this and you don't often hear women saying like yeah I've slept with 99 people especially at the age of 23 so I think that's really cool that you it freaks people put that out. out there yeah people are like instantly like no your poor vagina it must be so massive like (laughs) well it's funny because it's like my criteria for like fuck off is like the things i've talked about that have made it into the daily mail you know what i mean like like it's enough it's it's shocking enough that the daily mail wants to talk about it so that's that was the first time i got featured no way (laughs) i have a completely different relationship with it as an american it's not as omnipotent in my life (laughs) well congratulations 99 that's some good shit. Yeah, we're seeing a bit of a change with the industry, especially the media industry around sex. So I think it's like writers like you who actually bring a sex positive light rather than like shaming the peeps, which we've seen all too often. And yeah, I think we're going to have to round up the episode, which is such a shame because it's been a pleasure chatting to you, so Zoe. So amazing. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us where our curious fuckers can find you find everything about you plug it all spectrumboutique.com we are shop spectrum boutique on instagram and i am thongria t-h-o-n-g-r-i-a on instagram twitter only fans basically everywhere carnal knowledge sex education you didn't get in school is available wherever books are sold and And I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone definitely go and check Zoe out. This conversation has been amazing. If you enjoyed it, please share it around with your friends, family, loved ones, lovers, everyone at the kink parties. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, please do. And of course, if you want to keep up to date with what we get up to, follow our Instagram at Come Curious and our personal accounts, Read Amber X and Florence Bark. Remember to give us a rating and a review because it helps get our message into more people's ears and as you heard on this episode how important that is and how important these discussions are so thank you curious fuckers for being here and listening and being part of this community and world it means so much to all of us and we will see you next thursday see you next thursday bye Bye.